Hi everyone. Um, So before we get into today's episode, I just want to put a trigger warning at the start here. We are talking about postnatal depression. This episode specifically is my experience with severe postnatal depression. So there's going to be mentions of depression, anxiety, suicidal ideation, mum rage, And yeah, I just wanted to have that trigger warning there for you before we get into it. But it is a really important episode to hear because this is real. Like we said last week, it's not pretty. It's not the airbrushed social media version. It's real. It's raw. It's happening. And this is it. So let's get into it. Okay. So I guess um, I will, my turn to share my postnatal depression experience after having Emmy um gosh I do think where do I even start I I sort of like to say at the start I always wanted to be a mum yeah I never wanted any career there was never any job it was always stay at home mum so it's sort of weird in my head that I had such a severe um postnatal depression Mm, because you had everything you wanted yeah because I didn't want a job it wasn't like I'd had a baby just you know like but by surprise or anything like that it was very planned um and my mindset when I was pregnant was like I'm scared to give birth I'm not worried about having the baby at home you know that's not going to be a problem and it's just like, oh, famous last words because yeah. <laughs> it was a very big problem. <laughs> yeah. Um, and my attitude, I this is like so cringe to to admit, but my attitude before I had kids, my attitude was, how do people get depressed when they've like when they have their babies? Like, they must be horrible mothers. Why would you have a baby in the first place if you're just going to whinge about it? Really? That was my attitude. Oh, how naive we were before we had and, children. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, you must just be a shit mum. Yeah. Because well, why would yeah, you be explains it. why would you be depressed <laughs> if you had babies? Yeah. You know? So and just how the mighty have fallen. <laughs> <laughs> um it's a I tell you what, becoming a mother is the biggest lesson and the biggest F you that the universe will yep. ever give you. <laughs> it brings you right back yeah. down to earth. It just knocks like the ignorance out of you. Yeah. Um, so I felt, I felt like a little bit smug. I was sort of like, yeah, like this is my wheelhouse, you know, I'm made for this yeah. sort of thing. Um, so I'm going to rock it. And it started, I really think that my traumatic birth with M, which I've talked about in a previous episode, but um, I really think that like triggered the bad postnatal depression because I'd had this way that it was going to go. I was going to have a labor and give birth vaginally and Evan was going to catch the baby and it was yeah. going to come up onto my chest and it was just going to be beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful three golden hours. Yeah. And, and it wasn't anything like that. Mm. Like in, like I described in the early episodes, um, it was an emergency C-section, yeah. no skin to skin didn't hold her until she was three hours old there was just none of that like we got separated for those three hours um I had a massive blood loss as well and I'd always sort of thought before I had kids obviously like c-sections don't count as giving birth because you're not doing anything (laughs) 
Wow. I really thought that's just the easy way out. Like you can't say that that's giving birth. And, oh, my God, I would – I just feel like I would want to slap someone if they said that to me now because it's so hard to – to go through but anyway so we had a really traumatic birth we finally went home and I was like yep this is where it's you know the good yeah. time's gonna start got home and just started feeling really unwell because I'd had that big blood Physically, loss yeah. yeah um turns out I was anemic yeah which I didn't know the hospital had let me go home when they probably shouldn't have um because yeah. my levels were so low hemoglobin or whatever they're called was yeah. was very low so I went back I went to the emergency room in tears just hysterical and they were like oh yeah your blood's really low so I'd have two blood transfusions with wow. with a two-day-old baby who I wasn't bonding with so I had to stay in overnight I think it took eight hours to get two bags oh, of blood man. through so two blood transfusions and then they put me in the general ward of the hospital and I remember just saying I don't want to be here. I've got a two-day-old baby. I don't want to be here with all the sickies. I want to mm. go up to maternity. And this one nurse just, no, nah, you don't need to do that. You're staying right here. This is where you are. The baby will be fine. And I'm going, no, I'm already traumatised. I'm not bonding with this yeah. this kid, this baby. Mm. I want to go upstairs. No, nah, not doing that. So I ended up calling the social worker that I'd been speaking to throughout the pregnancy. Yeah and told her what happened she came flying in like lit a fire under everyone's ass and was like get her upstairs now yeah you should not have been discharged from maternity so you should go straight do not leave her here get her up there right now and then they were like oh okay and then I got up there and the midwives were like oh like they had no idea that any of this had gone on they they were like oh we thought you were coming up hours ago so there was really yeah so there was some sort of miscommunication there Wow, like someone they, just dug their heels and going, nah, you can stay there. Yeah, oh and they gosh. were like, oh, we've had a bed here for you, like, waiting. Oh, and so we had our own room overnight, which was um, good, and it was like visiting hours were over. Evan was supposed to go home, and I just went complete hysterical meltdown. Mm. I was like, don't make him go. I can't be without him. He needs to stay here. I'm not safe, da 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 da, da. And I was so hysterical that they went, okay, no, it's all right, he can stay, he can yeah. stay. So he wasn't technically supposed to stay, but they got him like a roll-away bed or something. Mm. So the power of a meltdown, it definitely. Yeah, you get, <laughs> you get what you need when yeah. you have a meltdown. Oh, but gosh, I'm so sorry you went through it, that. Yeah, thank you. It was it was not the start that we were supposed to have. Um, so this was all with a two-day-old baby and then, you know, the next day I had the blood through and it felt really weird felt really weird getting the blood through because I was sort of like this is someone's blood like someone else's blood it just felt weird I was thinking that it's like someone it's like having mm. an organ yeah a body put inside of you like this is someone yeah. else's body parts. and I was so scared I was gonna react to it and mm. I was like what if I react to it and I die like I just was yeah. sure I was gonna die yeah in that moment I just and I just remember thinking I remember the blood going in and I just remember thinking, I think I'm going to die. Like I'm not going to go home from the hospital. Mm. Evan's going to have to look after the baby by himself, but that's okay. She's really young. She won't remember me. Like it won't be a problem. And that was really normal. That was really normal for me to think that. I was like, no, it won't be a problem. She won't remember me. It's fine. Wow. Like Evan will be sad for a while, but he'll be fine. And I just was so prepared to, to 
died. It's insane that you feel so little of yourself. Be like, oh, they'll be fine. Yeah, you know, I really, um, I really was like, no, everyone's all good. Fine. It'll be sad, but yeah. it'll be fine. Yeah, no, I was like, no, it'll be all good. Um, and then we get home, and I'm like not bonding at all. And then the midwife comes for the home visit. I think about is it like five days or something? They come yeah, for a home visit, so. something like that. And I specifically remember, like it was yesterday. I remember thinking, okay, now that she's here, she's going to see that I'm not coping. She's going to see that I'm not bonding. Mm. She's going to offer to take M back to the hospital and I'm going to actually surrender the baby today. Wow, they I are extreme Specifically, yeah, intru- and I look back now and I know that that was an intrusive thought, but yeah. in that moment that was reasonable. Yeah. I was more, I was prepared, I was willing to surrender her back to the hospital and I thought she can go to a mum who deserves her, who can oh. care for her. That's not me. Yeah. We can just pretend this never happened. The midwife will see that in me because she's a professional Yeah, and then she'll offer to take M and I will surrender her. I will sign whatever I need to sign. We can just pretend it never happened. How bizarre would it be if that was actually what yeah. happened? Like, oh, you're not coping. Do you want to adopt your baby out? Yeah, okay. like do you want me to take her? And and she obviously didn't. Do, none of that yeah. happened. And in my head I was like, <laughs> how did you not? Like why didn't you offer to take her? Yeah. You're really going to leave her here with me? And by this point you going through these and having those thoughts, had you told Evan what you were thinking? Not at that point, no, because this was sort of a few days in, less than a week in, so we were s- still in that haze of, we hadn't even settled really, hadn't started mm. to settle because we'd gone home from hospital, then we'd had to come back yeah. and then we'd gone home again and it was just really like we just were yeah. trying to process everything that was going on. Yeah, those first few days can be absolute chaos. Yeah, so yeah. Trying to just get your bearings. Yeah, exactly. So we got we get to about a week in and I remember sitting up in bed in the middle of the night because she was crying and I remember just I was so angry that she was crying again and I said to Evan, just give me that thing, I'll just feed it again meaning M yeah and so I've had her on the boob and I remember she was on the boob and I just was sobbing and I said to Evan I can't do this Mm. anymore I need help immediately and so we went to the doctor the next day which was her seven day checkup and I went and I said I need help now Mm. and so like right then and there she put me on antidepressants yeah and she said you know they're going to take a few weeks to work and I reckon like three days it worked Oh, I yeah, yeah. When I was put on, I felt a difference within about twelve hours. Yeah, I'm like, oh, they're kicking in. I think I think my brain chemicals were just so out of balance. Yeah. I just needed them so much. So we did that. It's good though that you actually spoke up. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I, and I just thought, I cannot. Is this what it's like? I cannot mm. do this. Yeah. And I really, at that time, I really believed I will never hang my own washing out again. I will never cook anything ever again. I will never do anything by myself ever again. And I really believed that. Yeah. So you're like in the absolute darkest extreme of postnatal depression. Really, really bad. And it just sort of seemed to get worse. Like even though I was on that medication, I think I needed either a higher dose or something different, like something else but at the mm. time we didn't realize that it. it's only looking back yeah that I realize that now and I would get and I still do get sometimes um this just feeling of like my blood running cold and it's just that panic mm. of what's the night gonna bring you know 
what's even now with Emmy and Camden at the age not, they are. Not with them now, but only when like they get sick or something. Yes. I will get that yeah. cold panic where my blood's running cold, and that's just because it's so unpredictable. You yeah. don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. But when Emmy was a newborn, that cold panic was a regular thing because it was yeah. the dread of what's the night going to be like. How many times are we going to be up? Um, just all that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, and then I would have, you know, those intrusive thoughts would continue and they were thoughts of um, I can't do this anymore, I shouldn't be here doing this, this was a huge mistake, I shouldn't have been allowed to have a baby, I don't like this, I don't want to do it anymore, just I need to get out of here, I can't do it, I don't want to be here. And they were just constant intrusive thoughts. And like, and they snowball. It's like once they catastrophize. Start, yeah, yeah. It is, it's hard getting past that. And, and you really believe them. Like you don't recognize them as intrusive thoughts. Yeah. They are true. Yeah. They are your truth at, at that time. And I just felt like I was drowning from so early on. And I felt this, I just felt like this big loss because my life wasn't what it used to be. And I just thought, I didn't think it would be this much of a huge change. I thought that we would continue to live our life, but we would just have a baby yeah. with us. Cause you know, sometimes people, they, if they go camping a lot, they have a baby, but then the, but they go camping with they the still, baby yeah, they still and it's just camping. not a big deal. Yeah. Whereas I just couldn't think of anything worse than taking a baby somewhere. No. I just didn't want to go anywhere. Going up to the shops was a chore and I just mm. thought I don't even want to do that because you got to pack a bag and, you know, bottles and whatever and all this stuff and I didn't have much milk because of the big blood loss with the C-section so we were yes. doing mixed feeding yeah. and I didn't like that. And that can be hard as well because yeah. you're trying to breastfeed. It's not working. You don't know how much she's getting. Like the, yeah. that process in itself mm. can tip someone over. Yeah, and I just was like, you're supposed to breastfeed your baby. You're not supposed to give them mm. formula. Like that's cheating sort of thing. Yeah. And I remember she was nine days old and she'd been breastfeeding in the middle of the night and she started vomiting pink. So I'd been bleeding oh. and I didn't realise. And at the time I didn't know that it's harmless to yeah. babies. If they have a bit of their blood, they just throw it up and yeah. then they keep feeding. But I panicked because mm. she's thrown up pink milkshake. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we went to the hospital and by the time we had driven to the hospital, the half an hour, she'd calmed down like we could have just gone back home. Mm. Um, and we get in there and she's upset because she's hungry, so she's screaming. And I remember just thinking, I wish someone would shut this kid up. I didn't wow. want to get up and comfort her. Yeah. I didn't have that instinct to want to do that and because I remember just sitting there and thinking, I'm going to have to get up and comfort her because that's what you're expected to do yeah. as the mum. Yeah. So I did it because I felt like I had to. And was that, Evan with you at that time? He was with me, yeah. yeah. And I think that was where I really started to confirm in my mind, like, I'm really not bonding with, with this baby, yeah. like, which is weird. And I think that's because we just had that traumatic start, like we missed yeah. out on those crucial first hours of, of bonding. And um, I think that that's something as well, but I feel like you have had the worst of the worst of the worst of the worst, like, not having mm. those three crucial hours, not only not having her on you but not knowing what's going on with her. Yeah, we were in completely separate areas of the hospital. Yeah, dealing hours. with an emergency cesarean, having that blood loss, mm. being anemic, it's not just a physical thing, it plays havoc with your mental health mm. and people don't realise that. Mm. Like, And so you've had all and then that trauma 
after um, being at the hospital and even having to go home and you, mm. you know. That, that it just was one things. thing after yeah. another, another. And I was like, when is this going to stop? Yeah, all hurdles that you have to jump over and it gets to a point where you just can't keep jumping. Yeah, no, I just could not. And I just, I just felt so angry that anger was a big thing for me. Um, that was how it yeah. sort of came out. I was just angry that I'd had a baby. I was angry because no one had said, look, you shouldn't have a baby. Yeah. I was angry at people that would be like, oh, just enjoy it because it goes so fast oh, like that's that. so annoying. me right off. Why do people say that? I and just would be like, be well, like, you come and try it. Yeah, like, you, you come stay up, up all night. Be sleep deprived yeah. for days and days and days. Yeah, and I just it. hated it and I would yell <laughs> I would just like yell and cry at her oh. for doing just normal baby things yeah. and I would put like a mat on the floor, put her down to play and I would just leave her there, yeah. obviously still supervising her, but I just so I didn't have to interact with her. Yeah. I just thought, no, you lay there, I'll, I'm over here, I don't want to interact with yeah. you. Um, I would busy myself with anything and everything just so I didn't have to do her bottle or change her nappy or interact with her like when we would get up in the middle of the night um Evan and I would both get up we've always both gotten up with both kids um we never did we did shifts one night and we just hated it we liked Mm. to be together and oh that's lovely and do it yeah so we just watch tv and be together but so we would get up I would Straight away, I'd go out and make the bottle. I'd remake her bed. So I'd do all the things around her. Yeah. And he would feed her and rock her back to sleep. Yeah. And I just kept myself busy. Um, if there was nothing to do while he was rocking her back to sleep, I'd go and fold washing or I'd go and do the dishes. Like I would just, just, oh, yeah. I did not want to be available for yeah. him to say, hey, can you rock her to sleep? Yeah. I just you thought, needed no, to I'm keep not. yourself busy. Yeah. And she had the worst reflux for the first year of her life, which went undiagnosed because everyone was like, oh, she'll grow out of it. Da, da, da. Yeah. But her reflux was so bad that we would feed her, keep her upright for half an hour in the middle of the night. And then we'd lay her down to put her sleeping bag back on her and she would vomit all over oh, everything no. every single time. So we had to then strip the bed, strip her off. She's then hungry again because she's thrown it all up yeah. so we had to start all over again and that was all the time. Wow. And that made me crazy as well. Um, and, like, we'd feed her and if we had to go in the car, as soon as we put her in the capsule, just that little bend of her stomach, bleh, wow. everywhere, <laughs> all the time. And it was till she was about one. Yeah. She used to vomit. A lot. Um, I feel like that's hard enough to deal with if you've bonded with your baby. Yeah, because then you start all over again in the middle of the night. But it's such an inconvenience when you just, it's this kid that you sort of regret having Mm. almost Mm. and you're just like, they keep. Yeah, and it wasn't wasn't her that I regretted. It was just a baby. Yeah. So it could have been any baby. I just wished that I hadn't had a baby at all. Um, And it just felt really strange and confusing to have someone in my life that, I loved so much but I was also just angry at because mm. there's such opposing emotions. Yeah. So it was just really confusing to be yeah. like, I love you but oh, I'm just so angry at you. I got to the point mentally where I got into that suicidal territory, like I just did not want to be here. Thought everyone would be better off without you. Yeah, I, I really did. I thought I'm just such a problem, such a yeah. burden, and initially everyone would be sad if I wasn't here, but it would, in the long run it would be so much better for them. Wow. And it would be better for 
M, she would grow up, you know, not having a sick, crazy mum and she's small enough now that she wouldn't even remember me. So that wouldn't be a problem. And I remember I would wake up in the morning and I'd wake up pissed off that I didn't die in my sleep because I just wanted to go in my sleep. And so I'd wake up every morning and be like, I've now got to climb another mountain in the day before I can get back into bed. Yeah. And I just... I just couldn't wait to get back into bed because I felt like I just could not suffer and struggle through one more day. Yeah. I just could not do it. I, yeah, I just. I think that that is one thing I I would wake up and I'd be like, okay, five hours until we can sleep. Yeah. Five hours until nap time when I get a break. Yeah. And I, yeah. It's just so overwhelming from the minute I opened my eyes to the minute I closed them. Yeah. At night, I just thought I cannot suffer through another day. Like, and then I did, you know, yeah. every day came and went and I kept struggling through another day and mm. I just thought, I just truly believed that everyone would be much less stressed if I wasn't here. Yeah. I just, and they'd be sad at first but they'd get over it, you know, and she wouldn't remember me so it would all work out fine. Yeah. But looking back now, could you imagine if something happened I to look, you, I how look, much it would have destroyed Evan and Yeah, and I look back now and I think I've, I must just have a bit of disassociation with it because I look back now and I'm like, yeah, that's pretty bad, but it's just sort of like, oh, yeah, that's bad. But I don't, mm. I don't know that I realise how bad it was to have those thoughts mm. because they are sort of almost reasonable in my at head. At the time, yeah. At the t- and at the yeah. time, very reasonable. Um, and I remember going to the shops. She was about three weeks old and I'd run into her, someone I used to work with and she was like, oh, how's it all going? And and I just said, oh, if I knew it was going to be like this, I wouldn't have done it. Wow, that's and she, a big statement. Yeah, and she sort of looked at me like, are you kidding? Or, and, and in my head, like, that's reasonable. That's a yeah. perfectly normal response. Like, yeah. who, uh, who yeah. would do it if they knew it was going to be like <laughs> this? And looking yeah. back on that now, I'm like, oh, my God, that poor lady I was talking to would have been like, what the hell? But yeah. I just was like, yeah, I wouldn't have done it if I knew it was going to be like this. Mm-hmm. And now it's just like, whoa, that's just. Yeah, that's massive. That's a big thing. Yeah. I know I don't I don't have that thought now, but I can see how people do have that thought. And I'd be up at the shops and I'd see people that were pregnant and I just would feel bad for them because I just think you just don't know what's coming. Yeah. It's about to be so bad. Really? And yeah. Whereas I, not everyone has the same experience. Yeah, no, and in my head it that's that's normal. That was the experience. Yeah. I just thought you got no idea what's coming. Wow. You poor thing, you're about to be like your life is about to be ruined. Just completely ruined and that they were just normal thoughts. I am so surprised that you have Camden. Knowing all of this, yep. what you went through with M, I am so surprised. Yep. Yep, that's what I was saying. That's massive. Yep, that's what I was saying earlier where after I'd had M, I just thought I'd rather die than have another baby and it just shows the work that we put in and that I put in to get to where we are now. Yeah. And how how I was saying before, like my mouth waters for that little boy. Yeah. He is just, he fits right here. Yeah. Perfectly. Like my mouth is watering now thinking (laughs) (laughs) thinking about him. It's just, isn't it wild that I've gone from that to this yeah and I'm so glad that your second experience mm. was better yeah because it's not always the case it it was it can so, be so much better I put parents. a lot of work in during pregnancy to make sure it was better but yeah I um and can I ask were you did you have medicate were you still medicated during Camden's pregnancy yeah so I've been medicated since M was a week old yeah on the sertraline um I went off it when M was about 
18 months old, about yeah. three years ago. I went off it and I was off it for six weeks um, and I needed to go back on. Yeah. It was I like, wasn't. oh, we tried that. Like, it was, yeah. <laughs> like, it, I need that. Yeah, it was like the anger coming back in. Yeah. Um, and then so I was on I think 50 milligrams while I was pregnant with Camden and mm. that was fine. Um, and then when we were going through that really bad sleep deprivation with him, we bumped it up to 100 yeah. And then eventually had to bump it up again to 150. Yeah. And now I've brought it back down to 100. But now I'm sort of thinking, do I need to bring it back up or do I need to just let myself yeah. even out? Yeah. Even out on it. Um, but yeah, it's just to go from that, like I would rather die than have another baby to having this little boy that I just would eat yeah. with a spoon if I could. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just it's just crazy. And and I remember after I like my meds had kicked in with M, she was about five weeks old. And normally when she would fall asleep, I just put her down straight away because I just mm. was like, oh, I just don't want to hold you or anything. Just I need to get out of here, sort of thing. And I went to put her down and I thought, I kind of want to hold you. Wow. So how old was she? She five, was five weeks, weeks old. Yeah. And I sat down with her on the lounge and I just remember crying. I was like, it's actually nice that I want to hold you. Oh, that's like, so lovely. Like I don't want to hold you normally. And yeah kind of happy to sit here and hold you and so that was this like the turning that point was, for you well I wouldn't say turning point that was just one good moment because yeah. overall the first 18 months were brutal with yeah. her um and these suicidal thoughts and severe depression it kept going it wasn't until she was 18 months old that I started to come out of it um wow. and looking back now obviously I needed whether it was a higher dose of medication mm. or some sort some form of intensive therapy like I needed something else but at the time we were just trying to get through it you know mm. it didn't really occur and this is our first time doing all this yeah. as well so I guess it didn't really occur to us that something else was needed whereas yeah. looking back I'm like yeah I, you know I wanted to be dead so yeah probably no, needed. Yeah, that's a problem yeah a bit of that little bit of a problem a of <laughs> gosh um, I wish I honestly wish I'd known you back then yeah I would have been a very different yeah different person and yeah I, I don't know I just feel like it's it's easier to get through those things when you've got a support system yeah and you've got people that you can talk to yeah and just be like this is how I feel mm. I yeah I just feel really bad that that was your introduction to motherhood yeah and especially someone like me that that's just all I wanted to do. Yeah. And, and Evan has, is such a good support. Like he, through work, he sought out a um, mental health first aid course to do so he could be equipped. Wow. More equipped to give first aid for mental health Isn't here funny? and at work. But when your partner has to go through training to deal with you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, there should be a husband uh, course out there. There's no, like, oh, wow. he's done that, but. Yeah, he's he's so good good oh. with it all and I just felt I just feel like overall postnatal depression has just taken so much from me mm. that I can never get back and in my case, you know, having that medication it was not only necessary, it was it was life-saving. Yeah. It was absolutely life-saving. I needed it and I'm a big advocate for medication if that's what you need. Yeah. Because what's the alternative? Yeah, I've and been I, in that situation where I know what the alternative is. Yeah, and know? I hear people say, "I don't want to have to rely on medication." I'm yeah. like, if that's your only concern, mm. and the alternative is permanent and much worse than medication, yeah, just take it. Like you don't have to suffer. 
You don't. You don't. don't. There are support systems out there. Just speak to someone. Like there are so many different numbers that you can call. There's the GP. If you've got family, you can rely on. And I think it's interesting that these are just our stories. Mm. We've got really loving, supportive partners. We've got family that love us and we're in good relationships. Mm. It would be so much harder being in a relationship where you're not getting that support or if you're in an abusive relationship relationship or a single parent parent who's doing it on their own and they can't just hand their baby off. It's just them and their baby through the night. It's so important to reach out for help in those situations. Mm. Yeah, and you got to, I think a big part of that is you got to want help. Yeah. Um, you got to want to get better. Yeah. I think if you're in a mind space of, you know, I'm not, there's nothing wrong, it's you sort of thing, it's yeah. you guys, then that's a different kettle of fish. But, yeah, you got to, for someone like me, like I was desperate to get help and do the work and that's one thing I will say for myself is I am very resilient in that way. Yes. Like yeah. I do work really hard every single day Yeah. to do better and be better Mm. and yeah and it's all a learning experience as well and I think it's having gone through this Mm. can you imagine how much you're going to be able to help your kids as they get older yeah like and I really hope so have have their families or when they're going through their trials with mental health Mm. you know there's a lot of teenagers through especially Mm. these days with all the social media Mm. you're going to have experience to fall back on to get them through that yeah which is really lovely yeah and I think at the end of the day I just want them to have a childhood that they don't have to recover from yeah I don't want them to be my age in their 30s in therapy or yeah going oh we didn't resolve that yeah it all comes back to rupture and repair yeah exactly exactly but yeah no well that that's my experience and I'm glad that you were open sharing that yeah and thank you so much for being open to share your experiences as well. I no worries. I have this, I've just got this genuine want, like I just want to hear people's stories. Mm. I really love sitting and listening and asking questions and learning. So it's really easy to talk to someone <laughs> like you who is so open and yeah, open is book. happy to answer those questions because I, I really do love learning and, mm. and all that. So thank no, you for good. joining me again. And how great is chat without yeah. any kids. Like I love being tucked away in this little room and we can just enjoy it's it. It's kind of sad that this is the end. We should we think of something else to talk about. Oh, there's always something. But, no, this has been a nice little break. I feel refreshed. I feel, yeah. I don't know, I'm ready to go back to my little crew now and yeah. pay them all the attention that they're going to demand of me when yeah. I get home. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's, um, yeah, thanks for coming. That's it for us today. Thank you for listening to the Our Village Needs podcast. We'll see you guys next time. Bye.